Sasha who bullshit is um, colonial no, concept. <laughs> Is that is that the impact of imperialism in South Asian <laughs> culture? Where the queen was like, "Let me tell you about this bitch Diana." <laughs> Beforehand, it was like a super positive atmosphere to get into. Yeah, no toxicity at all, like none. Just <laughs> and then the queen was like, "You know what? All women are queens." And then somebody was like, "You know what? There's something to that." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I've hit the record button, so we're just gonna jump right in. Hello, welcome to another episode of Rajubanya Podcast. We don't have uh, Fahad Masood on the podcast today because you know what? Today is gonna be a very intellectual conversation, and frankly, he's uh, intellectually stunted and yeah, cannot. He, he falls short. <laughs> No, no, no. He's uh, he's out there, you know, licking poles, spreading COVID. <laughs> licking COVID, spreading poles. <laughs> yeah, but instead we have our our actual relative. <laughs> so you know, we always joke that there's like five people who listen to this podcast, and they're all related to us. Well, this is one of the five people that listens to this podcast who is related to us. Yay. It's our friend Iman Jaffrey. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Thank you for having me. We're so excited. We're talking about My Name is Han today, which is, you know, it's a complicated movie. It has so many layers. It's an onion that is been has been sitting at the bottom of the pile of onions and you've just put other onions on top of it. And then you're like, what is that smell? And then you're like, oh, it's that onion. And then you start peeling. You're like, can I use it? And then you open it up and you're like, okay, there's like two or three little parts of this onion that maybe I could use. Mm -hmm. That's what My Name is Han is. But before we get into the movie, as usual, because you are our Mehman Iman, I must ask you, what is your relationship with Shah Khan and what are your top five Shah Khan movies? I've been thinking about this like more than I need to, I love um, it. in part because I'm like at work all day and I'm like, you know what I need, like something to spice up my life. And then I go to, you know, Red Chili's Entertainment is the first thing I think of when I think of spice. <laughs> so I think um, he feels like a young uncle, like a young, like, gotcha. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you're not really sure. He's wait, maybe not young. He feels like that Jachu that you have where you're kind of like he tried skinny jeans and he's like really <laughs> cool but also sometimes you're like you just missed the mark buddy but I only want good things for you you know <laughs> so this is where the age thing comes in because I look at him as an older brother there you go mm-hmm. yeah, and Iman, is, Iman you're what like a decade younger than us <laughs> maybe I, I am 28 okay get off this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Iman is a young person on this podcast. <laughs> saying that because um, because I feel very ancient when I come back home, and my mom's like, "Listen, all these girls your age are having kids, so thank you for saying I'm young." Yeah, you know. No, no, you are. No, no we're young too. I'm Finna trying to get married. Is that how you use that word? I'm <laughs> trying to get married. Or do not use trying if you say Finna. Yeah. How does yeah. that work? <laughs> math to these things well iman you're you're originally from the south so you should know how that works (laughs) i am a little bit but i did move when i was very young (laughs) you're from the south we lived in savannah for a little bit the most haunted city in america is what i tell everybody yeah and then minnesota right Mm -hmm. yeah and then minnesota When when we moved to minnesota according to my dad i had a lovely 
southern accent is what he says a lovely georgian mm. accent um and then i came to minnesota and already i was desi and then i had a georgian accent so no one what knew what to do with me oh so iman what you're saying is you didn't go to wilhelmina uh georgia <laughs> my god i did have this thought where i was like you know i lived in savannah for a little bit like i've been back and forth a little bit should i be like extra offended by this movie like Yes. I have not been to Wilhelmina, Georgia. I don't I don't just know Wilhelmina, Georgia. There was a point in this movie where somebody was like, Shahrukh Khan's going to, or Rizvan Khan's going to Wilhelmina. And then somebody else was like, that's in Georgia, right? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean that's in Georgia? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's somewhere around Georgia. Yeah. We all know Wilhelmina. <laughs> Okay, all right. Before we get into the movie, all right, give us so so he's a he's a cool chachu, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who who tried on skinny jeans and one time it worked and another time he wore it at somebody's akika and you were like, this is not the place, <laughs> exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. And he always like you know sometimes he leaves to go take a smoke break and he comes back and you're like, who are you fooling, uncle? You know, but like uh, <laughs> so he's he's I only want good things for him, but sometimes he disappoints me. You know, like yeah. any good like father figure type. But I say my top five I think is a very like particular type of Shah Rukh Khan movie because I think my number five is probably Mehuna um, mm-hmm. okay. just because like I don't know and these are based purely on like my emotions to them and like how strongly I react to watching them as opposed as to they like, should quality be. Yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah but I love Mehuna for like all of the like nonsense and like also these like little kernels of like sweet moments and I love Shah Rukh Khan like with mothers and I love Shah Rukh Khan like playing somebody who is a little like befuddled by the world around him I think he does that really mm-hmm. well yeah so I love that he's in some ways the underdog in some ways he's also like you know an agent of the state but in some ways he's also that's number five I think number four is probably Kuch Kuch Hota Hai mm-hmm. because it's just one of those, you know, where like I know all the words and I don't know why I know all the words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it hits me where, where I live. And then number three is Dilse. We watched, I took a Bollywood class in high, in a college and we watched Dilse for this class and I already liked it. And then we like maybe like over intellectualized it for this class, but it was really interesting to talk about it as like a movie for NRIs and that reflected like the changing state of like. South Asians all over the world and like globalization, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's fun, you know, yeah. and the songs are good. So yeah. there's that. Number two is probably Kabi Khoshi Kabi Ram, even mm. though it's so long and like so much happens, like it is two movies. I love every second of it. Yeah. Like it's so much. Maybe not every second, but like a good a good amount. And then number one is Om Shanti Om. Yes! I love this movie. It always makes me, like, it perks me up a little bit to watch it. The songs are so good. I think I saw it at a point in my life where, like, I was really down and it was like it like perked like it, it brought things you know it uh brought happiness to my life joy to my life so yeah that's that's my top five those are great Khan movies yeah that's a very respectable list okay. <laughs> we will continue to allow you on the podcast despite yeah. you being under 30 hold on let me <laughs> extend this a little bit longer all right you got 15 more minutes all right all right sounds good, sounds good. The timer is- me, clown. <laughs> <laughs> okay 
<laughs> well, um, speaking of clowns, Shah Khan is ridiculous in this movie. This movie, okay. First, first question: Is this the first time you guys all watched this? Yes. No. You had seen it before. I had seen it a couple times. You'd seen it a couple times. Did you just say? Yeah. When it came out, I don't know why. Like my parents are very involved in like interfaith work and like. Mm-hmm representation of muslims a little bit without realizing that they're involved with representation of muslims like it's always been something that they're interested in but because of that when this movie came out they loved it and they told all their friends about it so i that was the degree to which they loved this movie that they would show it to their siblings and everything and i don't know i watched part of this movie with my dad again in part to get like his reaction to the Asperger's stuff because um, he's you know he's not in psych but he is a physician so I was kind of like what do you think like is is there anything here Um, but also just to see like if his opinion had changed and I think he also was like this is a lot isn't it you know (laughs) yeah do you remember the first time you watched it I don't remember the exact first time but I was probably in like high school we had probably gotten it from the Desi Foods grocery store that's called as one does yes as you do you know, with like a, yeah. a printed DVD cover from somebody <laughs> yes. at home. And I just remember being like, oh, there's a lot going on here. There was so much this time, though, that I had forgotten happened after yeah. I seen it before. Yeah. So My Name is Han, quick synopsis, is a movie where Shahan plays a Muslim man named Rizwan Han with Asperger's syndrome. It essentially is Forrest Gump meets Islamophobia meets a lot of other tropes that I wouldn't say have necessarily aged well, but I also am confused because it's like even 10 years ago, I'm confused who decided it was appropriate to put this kind of stuff in a movie. But I wanted to ask you, Raheel, because Forrest Gump is one of your favorite movies. Yes. What were your feelings watching this movie? Uh, You described it as an onion at the bottom of a dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) I described this movie as a hate crime. I hate this movie so much. Today's the first time that I saw it. And it felt like it was a movie written by unverified Twitter tweets. You know what I mean? It's just like, just people just saying, you know, just people who maybe kind of have a thought of what it's like to A, live in America. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't want to comment on the Asperger stuff because I don't know what that's like, right? I, yeah. I don't know how appropriate or inappropriate that representation is. I do know what it's like to be a Muslim in America. I know what it's like to be a Muslim after 9-11 in New Jersey. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I worked in retail. Yeah. So I interacted with a lot of different people. Everything about this was disgusting to me oh man like the way that they showed muslims the way that they showed black people the yeah way that they try to show the interfaith stuff i didn't like any of it mm-hmm. uh, apparently i didn't i didn't enjoy the death by soccer ball um, <laughs> all of this stuff it was just so triggering i the one thing i kept thinking about was i i understand that there is there's good intentions behind all this stuff mm-hmm. right but the execution of it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I couldn't get over how much I hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's is very fair. <laughs> I think one, that's very fair. I do want to touch on the Asperger thing because immediately I was like really thrown off by it. So what I did is I just searched the internet to see if people who have autism or are on the spectrum or have Asperger's have ever watched this movie. And I came across this like pretty popular tweet thread from like last year 
where a person on the autism spectrum watched this movie and talked about it. And they said, actually, now I will say the person who watched it is not Daisy. So they watched it with subtitles, right? So mm-hmm. there's something lost there. But in terms of representation of a person with Asperger's syndrome or person on the spectrum, they said that it was actually pretty good. Like they felt fine about it. They didn't think that it was ridiculous. And they thought that the movie itself wasn't so much about a man who has Asperger's, but just a man who happens to have Asperger's, but is the story isn't really about his Asperger's. And the Mm -hmm. thing they said was that they did show that the Asperger's was not a a curse, but a gift, right? Like it wasn't an issue. It wasn't a problem. It was a gift that he had that enhanced who he was as a person rather than keep him down. And he just was better at, you know, resolving things than other people because he wasn't bogged down by like bias Mm -hmm. because you don't get to have a bias when you have or when you're on the autism spectrum, right? So Mm -hmm. that's the thing that they took away from it. So I I, I said to myself, okay, well, I didn't do that much much research. just mm-hmm. search Twitter. <laughs> it seems like there's some positive responses there. They did say, obviously, that there is the issue of people who aren't on the spectrum playing characters who are on the spectrum. That yeah. is a problem. But obviously, in Bollywood, you're limited in that. But they said things like, you know, the fact that he always has rocks in his hands, so mm-hmm. that's stimming. Yeah. like. That stuff was very accurate, even the way that he was represented in the beginning where he's uh, pulled over and they're frisking him at the airport and he has a card, a represent, you know, a little card to tell them that, I have, you know, I'm a person on the autism spectrum. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was accurate. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. But then I looked at it, like Rahil said, from the perspective of a Muslim American living in New Jersey and I was infuriated. <laughs> I just, but I want to know from your perspective, Iman, from a scholar like yourself who has studied the intersections between like religion and media and pop culture and specifically with Islam, you know, some of the stuff that like pissed me off watching the movie was just like felt lazy to me was like the yep. slurs. Like they kept calling them oh. bloody packies. And I was like, nobody yep. says that here because they don't know what that means. No, that's like, I feel like that's a very British slur. It is. It's a I, fully British slur. Or even towel heads. It's like if you're not wearing something on your head, maybe I don't know. Like maybe that's just something that, that like people didn't say in Minnesota. But that's one of those where I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if, like what your guys' experience is with that with that one in particular. Yeah. But like in terms of, I also like you know, of course, can't speak to the experience of being on the spectrum. But I was trying to figure out just like why they would make this choice also. And I think there's probably a lot of different reasons. One being that like I think there is something to be said of what it means to be any minority Mm -hmm. um, including Muslim and to not be able to code switch and I think that you know his character couldn't code switch he couldn't be anybody other than who he was and he wasn't going to like and it wasn't necessarily for his character something that was like righteous or like I'm trying to make a statement it's like no this is just who I am this is just how I am and like this is what makes sense to me in the world you know so I don't know if that's what they were thinking like I still want to ask and endure like why I have so many questions. It's, you know, all of those types of characters, right? Because there's been a number of them, even in Hollywood movies, right? So you think of something like Rain Man, and I enjoy watching Rain Man. Now, does that make me a hypocrite? I don't know, because when I watch Rain Man, it's the story, like the movie, it feels like even though he has... You know, I, I don't I don't know what the symptoms, right? Yeah. Um, even though he has symptoms, it doesn't feel like the movie is, I don't know, I don't want to say making fun of him. And then you watch something like I Am Sam, right? And yeah. it's like a very deliberate, like, hey, look at me, I'm acting mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. of deal. 
this felt more like a look at me, I'm acting. Mm-hmm. Look at me do the, look at me uh, act like in uh, you know somebody with Aspergers. And then the other part is there were parts of the movie where his Aspergers and his differentness was made was was played for laughs, mm-hmm. which I really really didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff with the Mama Jenny and like him wearing a dress and stuff like that. I was just like, why? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I understand again. I understand that your intentions are good, but the you know it wasn't handled with like the deafness that it needs to be handled with Mm -hmm. and it just as it happened it just infuriated me so even like the good scenes and there were some scenes that where i was actually moved watching this stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like well i don't know man like you know karen Johar obviously has talent but i don't think he has humanity (laughs) yeah you you always say this you always say this like he's not a human person (laughs) Yeah, I think I, I think I think he is a psychopath. I don't think he's interacted with human beings, right? So he's just like, oh, that's a black person. This is what a black person is like. Yeah. Like Garinger just watched Medea or something before this movie was made. He was like, and also like even like the town that they made. I was like, um, did we get in a fucking time machine? What? Like, what era is this? Is this town in also that little boy Joel? Like they did him dirty. They kept calling him funny hair Joel. It was yeah, wrong. Funny hair Joel. I mean, yeah, like that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, he's on the spectrum, but he's not just like he wouldn't do microaggressions. Like, and somebody yeah. would clock him for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, that's a cancelable offense, Rizvan Khan. <laughs> I think that whole like Wilhelmina thing, right? I think Karen Johar saw a news story about Katrina and he yes. was like, fuck you, FEMA, I'm taking you down. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like this like you know, this jumps so so far forward in the movie, but the idea of like the fact that there was like no humanitarian aid is <laughs> He got from Los Angeles to Wilhelmina and he beat the hurricane. (laughs) No, and then he didn't just do it. He did it. And then all of the fucking people they knew in Los Angeles, they all came up. All of California, all the daisies in California. They like, they went and they went and the hurricane is still going. It's It's still going. It's still going. Like time, a day has passed. I don't know. And then let them go. yeah, and people just like, I was like, did you take a flight? Were planes <laughs> flying in? Where where did you land? And this is the infuriating thing. I am just pissed off watching this whole thing. Pissed off, pissed off. And then that scene comes and all these people start coming in and it's Allah. And I started crying. I was laughing and crying. I had goosebumps. I was like, you son of a bitch. How dare you do this to me? Every musical drop where they would say, like, it would be like, Ya Khuda. I feel, I feel something and I feel sad and I feel, but I also feel angry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that scene when they, when he goes to church with Mama Jenny, just like, of course she's named Jenny. Like you copied so much from Forrest Gump that you're like, yeah, I just use that fucking name name too so mama jenny and joel i'm not gonna call him bad hair joel or funny hair joel because that's fucked up so he goes to church with them and they're like talking about the people that they lost and stuff and he goes up there and he's talking in hindi like this is the thing that drives me crazy about indian movies where they're like oh we live in america for so long and they're so discriminate like they discriminate against us but also we can casually talk to them in hindi and they totally get it 
it is bizarre to me. That's one of those running things. It's in Kalhonaho. It's yeah. in like every Bollywood movie I think I've seen that takes place in America is that they just speak Hindi whenever and people are yeah. fine with it. It made me think of like, what was the intended audience for this? Was it NRS? <laughs> I had that yeah, question too. Know. Because I was like, I think that's why when it came out, my parents, I don't know if they, again, I don't know if they loved it because part of me is like, maybe I'm doing, maybe that's that's wrong for me to say. But I think that they were like taking any crumb they could get of like specifically Muslim slim american desi representation where they were like i don't see this anywhere else like not in bollywood not in america which is a problem too but like this shouldn't be it you know no no this isn't it i will say the one part of the movie that i think was the saving grace of this movie is gajal because Mm. gajal is an excellent actress Mm-hmm. There are parts of this movie, like, yes, the child dies by soccer ball, but then when she's, like, <laughs> saying goodbye to her son, I was, like, bawling. Yeah. I was crying. I was making dinner, and I was crying so hard. And I was, like, I fu- like you, I was, like, this is fucking stupid, and I don't want to be crying right now while I'm making dinner, watching, because but Gajal cries. Mm-hmm. You would be a monster if you didn't cry, right? Oh so, like, Gajal throughout the movie is really good, and Gajal, even her interactions with this man who is on the spectrum. I, I just felt like their chemistry is always so good, Shahan mm-hmm. and Gajal, that that was the one part that I did think was redeemable. Mm-hmm. But the, the part of it that upset me watching this movie was I didn't think that he necessarily needed to be on the spectrum, right? Yeah. Like the whole thing was that like, oh, you know, I, I do think agree with you, Iman, that maybe there was something there about the fact that he can't code switch. He can't turn off who he is. He can't assimilate the way that people would expect us to assimilate. So there is some part of that there. But there's a lot of people who aren't on the spectrum who are like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of Daisy people who come here that are like, no, I, I am who I am and this is just what I believe and they can be literal without them having to be on the spectrum they can you can have a fight with your spouse like Mm -hmm. like it felt like between Gajal and him the issue was that you know obviously her son dies and Mm -hmm. she's not getting the comfort from him that she's looking for right because he's on the spectrum he's not able to emote emotions the way that he probably needed to at that Mm -hmm. time from like a to her, his partner mm-hmm. and he says that and when he's writing to her he's like oh I, i'm never able to say it but i can write it so i'm gonna write it to you mm-hmm. right but that could have very well been done by just like a desi guy because desi guys aren't necessarily great <laughs> like, with their feelings i talk about my feelings <laughs> yeah. you know, i really yeah. like you just trust yeah me. like he could just play like a bihari and then it would be like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> you know i have a theory about that as well a little bit in terms of like certain Bollywood movies, and I'm sure it's not just a Bollywood thing, but like I, I was wondering if it had to do with like making him seem like more harmless or like less scary or something. Because I feel like there are some movies, and I think that like granted, I think Salman Khan's in more of these movies. Um, <laughs> where like Salman Khan, and it's it's like definitely like not the same as this movie because like this character is on the spectrum, and in a lot of Salman Khan movies, he just plays somebody who's like not super bright. And of course, there's like a difference between those things. Yes, mm-hmm. I think there's something about like giving somebody some kind of especially like a grown man to make them seem more like childlike almost and again I don't like mean that to be like offensive yes. like, and, yeah, yeah. at all but like this idea of like oh also like if you're scared of a Muslim man don't worry because he's on the spectrum almost I don't yeah. know if that's a thing yeah yeah I've wondered about that your code switching thing which I hadn't thought about but now that I'm thinking about it it makes sense because there are 
multiple instances in the movie of where people, you know, there's like the the, the, the Sikh guy who takes mm-hmm. his buggery off, mm-hmm. right? And then his hobby takes her hijab off. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the moment when I was watching it, I was just upset. and You were so angry. For, yeah, I, w- I wasn't looking at any layers. I was just like, I got to talk about this hunk of shit later on today. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think about the Muslim representation outside of Shah Khan? Oh, I thought a lot about this because like, so like, as, as you said, like I studied this like a bit at grad school and like, and not to toot my own horn or anything, but like, toot it girl. Like, I, did yeah, toot to, it. I did go to Harvard and um, for graduate school. Ooh, and so I guess not like, it's not, it's not that well. that anything because there's lots of like dumb people at Harvard, but like, <laughs> like I will say like if anybody ever, you know, questions my credentials, like this is more for me to say to myself, like Iman, you went to Harvard. Like it's a bit of like, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you say to yourself when you can't like open a lid or something? Like, Come on, you went to Harvard. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Together. Like, what's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> but, like, well, you... Okay, sorry, just counterpoint, I am a man and I watched a TED Talk video. <laughs> so, same, <laughs> same. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, I. Have, like was thinking about like I don't know like I even I did like a quick like JSTOR search to be like what is there anything about this movie like you know what what is there and like thinking of the Muslim representation I think Muslim representation in general like is fascinating like anywhere but particularly like in this context because on the one hand it's Bollywood and on the other hand it's like in America in the West which is such mm-hmm. a weird mix already but then like one of the questions I had was whether or not Shah Rukh Khan had ever experienced Okay, first of all, I don't know, like, do you guys think that, like, people know Khan as, like, a Muslim name? Like, it's not my experience. I feel like it's, like, more, I'm used to, like, Muhammad and things like that. But, like, do you think that's widely known as Muslim name? Mm. Not in America, but in India, definitely. Yeah. With my Indian friends, 100%, like, Khan, and, and, you know, with the actors being named Khan, Mm -hmm. that is a part of the story, right? That's Mm -hmm. part of the narrative that Mm -hmm. they're Muslim. But I think to Iman's point... I don't think Khan is necessarily a name in America that would like make Islamophobes go crazy. No. Mm-hmm. no. Like my, my last name is Joffrey. And like a lot of the time people like still don't really know where I'm from. You know, like mm-hmm. I've gotten Irani, but then I've also gotten like specifically Mexican. And then I've also gotten general Latina. Like no one really knows what Joffrey is, you know? Yeah. Have you ever gotten Westeros? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. That's a good question. <laughs> And sometimes I do hear people talking about Game of Thrones and my ears perk up and I'll be like, "Mm?" (laughs) (laughs) they're like, and then he killed several prostitutes and you're like, no, not me. Not this time. Not this time. time. It was just the one prostitute for me. But yeah, like I, I think that that brings up a good point because again, it's it's a movie being made from the perspective of an Indian who does not quite understand the way these concepts work in America, mm-hmm. where you're not necessarily going to be discriminated against if your name is Khan. But yeah, if you go to a vigil for 9-11 and you start reciting Mm. dua out loud, I can understand why that was an uncomfortable moment or you look different like that. I think when those things happen, I cried when they were showing the 9-11 footage. I don't know why. Like I was, the 9-11 footage, like the the hate crimes afterwards, all that stuff made me really emotional and I got really mad about it because I was like, I don't want to get emotional watching this dumb movie. So that was one thing. But I think it, brings up the point of 
there's a disconnect of what would actually happen in that situation. No one is going to discriminate against you in America if your name is Han. They would in India mm-hmm. if your name is Han and there is a person who hates Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we saw it right from the beginning. They pointed it out right away where like you see him growing up in Bombay and the riots happen mm-hmm. and he's taught right away that there's no difference between Hindus and Muslims. So that's the part that, you know, when it comes to like the Muslim representation that it actually really bothered me because... Mm-hmm. Um, sure, Karan Johar isn't Muslim, obviously, but yeah. I would imagine that he is surrounded by enough Muslims to know, you know, what the Muslim experience is like a little bit. Yeah. There's nobody in this movie, I think, save for maybe his mom, mm-hmm. who I recognized as a person, as a Muslim person that I know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. the fact that every single Muslim person was somehow wearing a topi. Yes. I've <laughs> maybe, around. Yeah, I've maybe only worn like the last time I wore a topi at a masjid was I don't even know when. I think you it was like part seven. of an outfit or something. Yeah, exactly. Beards. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't no one make has any beards, sense. but they all wear topis, and I was like, yeah, I feel like it's the other way around. And also, the terrorist recruiter in the masjid. Doctor Fezel Rahman. So that one really, really upset me only because, you know, part of the thing, at least, you know, part of the part of what I believe when it comes to, because I'm sure we've all thought a lot about Islam and terrorism and and all that stuff in the last 20 years. Right. Mm -hmm. Part of it for me is a lack of education Mm -hmm. and to see this doctor, you know, be this gung ho about Mm -hmm. terrorism Mm -hmm. really, really pissed me Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I expect you, I I expect educate, like the lack of education is the missing link here. And that's what we need to kind of bridge the gap. Um, And to see like the one doctor, the one Muslim doctor also just be like the head recruiter for terrorists. Yeah. And also it, it kind of created this like narrative, right? That like we're trying to combat now as like Muslims who have lived through 9-11 are like now the adults who experience these different things as children or like when we were in high school or college or whatever. Like especially like the evolution in the last 20 years has gone from like, okay, just because I'm Muslim doesn't mean I need to speak for every single like brown person or speak for terrorism or report people like that whole that whole thing where like oh you know he goes into a masjid then he like cracks down those terrorist recruiters and then like even when he goes to the fake katrina to go and help this like church out all the news is like oh you know just this man who you thought was a terrorist is actually so good that he's helping an entire country and like an entire town in america like it's these over the top ideas of like oh, he couldn't be a terrorist because just look how amazing he is. It's like, no, he could just not be a terrorist because he's not a fucking terrorist. Like, he doesn't have to be doing these, like, over-the-top things, like, reporting terrorism and saving a fucking town. Like, that part of it really bothered me because it's so insane. It's, like, not the stuff that we want to be, like, it's not the representation I want Mm -hmm. for Muslims. And it goes back to the point of Garan Dohar is not a human being. He's a psychopath, but also I don't know if he's like, it's sad that even now, despite growing up and and being best friends with Sharhan, best friends with Sharhan, you still don't understand what a representation of a Muslim person even looks like. Like you still are putting men in like dopies and no beards. And even the way they say words like nikah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like little things like that, or when somebody would say like, like it was really satisfying to hear Shahrukh Khan say things like Bismillah and things like that because like, he sounds right. 
Fuzzy sounds right, but when other people say it, it sounds weird. <laughs> it does sound weird. He's like, he goes to his brother, and his brother's like, nay, ye Hindu hai, ye guna hai. I'm like, nobody would say that. Like, we wouldn't say it like that, you know? It's the nikah karo. And I'm like, what? Yeah, exactly. First of all, I would never say that to my brother to his face. I talk about it in a WhatsApp group behind his back. Older brother. Yeah. Yeah, especially your older brother. No way. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, Annie, did you see the Hindu chick in the (laughs) building? He's married. Happily married. Even more scandalous. (laughs) I think that, like, off of that, like, from the very beginning of the movie, it was a little strange to me that there wasn't really any, like, representation of a Muslim community. And I do actually Mm -hmm. think this is something that tracks across Bollywood and Hollywood, or Bollywood and, like, American representation in general. Because often you have, like, the lone Muslim character, even if they're a positive character, they don't have a community of people. And I don't know if that was supposed to be part of, like, his characterization, that he's like you know pretty solitary or whatever but like especially in an american context and i don't know if like there are points where i was like maybe i'm expecting too much from this movie but also like muslims in america aren't just they see like we know that like yeah, I think yeah. It's, like a third of muslims in america are black and like yeah. there are so many of course like Arab muslims like and it, i you know it, maybe it would have been too much to expect to see that here but just to see like other muslims that he interacts with yeah. that aren't to make a point i think would have been interesting and something that again like i see it happening a lot because it's like you can never see a muslim just like living with other muslims like talking shit like doing whatever it always has to be like a political statement if they're there even if it's positive yeah Yeah. if we're in india we're wearing shirvanis and we're doing adab and jinnah hats who do you know who does adab i've never seen anybody do that in real life except babies because because people love teaching their babies to do this Yeah, and in America, it seems like even that that thing with cracking down the terror recruiter in the masjid, like this like uncle who's sitting around and having this like big conversation with everybody in Urdu, like, yes, is it possible? Of course, there's uncles that sit around and talk in Urdu with each other, but it just felt so like nonsensical to me. Like it just felt like ridiculous. And even that guy, he was so like rage filled and his Urdu was so bad. He had such (laughs) bad Urdu and I was like, I hate you so much. I will say my favorite part of that conversation was when like somebody asked one question like when Shah Rukh Khan started poking holes in the story and like everybody was like wait 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 like bhaiya bhaiya like who was the stranger who was the stranger and like it all just devolved so quickly that felt very realistic to me (laughs) that's true true. there was another part this was my favorite part of the movie it was my favorite part of the movie and they were my favorite people of the movie outside of Gajal who's just a great actress but like when Rizwan is becoming famous for all these things and he's been oh at this point he's been arrested so he's been arrested because somebody heard him say terrorist and everybody lost their shit (laughs) and he's been wrongfully arrested and he's being like what waterboarded and like tortured again I think Garen Johar just saw a story on Guantanamo Bay and he was like that's it I was like are they taking him to Guantanamo Bay I don't remember this part of the movie but no this is in LA yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the like little like indie journalist crew. Raj yeah. and Komal. Raj and Komal. They're the ones that have like now gotten his story across. And there's like a story out in the news and stuff. And they interview his brother and sister-in-law. And his brother's like, you know, they told us that you're supposed to report him. And now we report him. And instead of like helping us out, 
they're now arresting us. Like, what the hell? So they cut to this like group of uncles and aunties at a house and they're watching the news. And then they turn on and they, they have this like whole scene. I don't know why I found it so wholesome because they literally just repeat exactly what they heard in the news, but they say it to each other in this way of being like, huh? And I'm like, this is a real conversation that I have seen so many times. And the uncles are like, yes, yes. <laughs> they were my favorite. They were my absolute favorite bunch. They're all having Mike Jai. It was so cute. I love them. I, I was trying to figure out if they were like from, if they had been in the movie before, but I think they were going to Completely new. My they favorite. were all of our parents <laughs> sitting around watching the news. <laughs> My favorite character uh, didn't actually show up on screen. You just heard him. He was the announcer for George Bush's speech. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, why was it like a sports announcer? I don't was- know. That's what made me so happy. First of all, he called them boys and girls. College students. All right, boys and girls. The boat is Manny Bob and Dyson. Like he's like he's introducing Charles Edwards Cheese. But guys, 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 what did you think about Obama making? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I loved it. It was so bizarre. Because first of all, the actor that they got to play George W. Bush, I thought he was George W. Bush. Like, For a oh, second, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say anything, but he looked like him. He looked like, you know, a short white man. And the guy who played Obama, I love when they had that shot of like just the back of his head and they're like yes. senator senator we have a file for you i'm stuck to the tube here about this Khan guy yeah. <laughs> what did they say we have campaign statements he's like all the money stuff <laughs> never said his name they never said any president's name it's like you obviously you know who it is and it was written down that like george w bush like you saw the words but you never saw when they when shah khan gets stabbed which i forgot <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah. In the midst of saving an entire town. Because fuck FEMA. Okay. And then Godzilla shows up after like months of just like not giving a shit about where her autistic husband is, which is crazy, by the way. Um, She shows up and they have to. I literally, I turned my head away for like a second and I turned back and I was like, holy shit, he got stabbed? I was like, what? I thought it was a dream sequence. I thought it just really happened because I was like, there's no way this man who we've like seen little snippets of, I thought he was just going to be a man who was microaggressed against. No. (laughs) He commits a crime. He gets real stabby. (laughs) Yeah, and like nobody stopped him. Like nobody saw this guy clearly run up in front of him with a knife. That's what I thought too. Like he just showed up out of nowhere. That's why I thought it was a dream sequence because I was like, this yeah. is some kind of weird subconscious thing happening in Shah Rukh Khan's head. But like, because it went from being this like romantic moment of like reconciliation, but even waiting for the whole movie and then bam, he's in the hospital. And then when they're operating on him, you see these clips of like a president who we know, we know is Obama from context, but just like democratic president wins election. Yeah. This yeah. first African-American president wins election. And it's like clipping to that and then clipping to him 
like on the table, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think what happened is I was hating this movie, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll get a little graphic here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm watching this movie and I'm hating everything about it. You know, I got to get this movie in before the end of the day, before the recording. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm watching it on the can, right? And... And then the Mama Ju- Mama was it Mama Jenny. Jenny? The Mama Jenny scene came, and I was like, "No!" And I got up. It's like my body was like, "No, you can't do this anymore." I got up, and I was like, "This can't be happening." And then every subsequent scene from there on, they just kept adding it, and I was like, "I can't believe this is going on." Mm-hmm. All the way to the end, when they like remove the barricade, and he walks up to meet Obama. Everything about like I was hating it, but then I was also like, "I want people to just experience it. Maybe they don't have to watch it. Somehow, just if we can inject it into their veins or something." <laughs> so what's really funny is like he meets Obama, and they have that like interaction, and then they cut to the crowd, and then you just hear Obama say, "Yes, we can," and I was like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then as they're walking off the stage without like the movie hasn't even ended and it says Akaran Johar film. And I was like <laughs> that was the moment I said fuck right off. I was like, this is too much. Like, because like if you count like the amount of like bizarre things that happened in this movie, it's like first of all, I will say, like, it must be hell to be somebody with like a sensory disorder and living in mm-hmm. Mumbai. Like, my yes. god. Yes. He chose us to go, he chooses to go to San Francisco. He could have gone to like Ohio or something. Yeah. You know? Like that was, a, maybe it was because his brother was there. But then again, he, he for some reason, his brother makes him a salesman. His yes. brother makes his on the spectrum brother a salesman thinking it's a good idea. Why? And just sends him out into the street. He's like, I know you got some issues, but you'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And he, he must have been really good because that's how he yeah. met Gajal, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he gets married. And I thought there were some like parts in that that I thought were really quite sweet. Like the part that he first hears her laughter and he's talking about like physics and entrainment theory and how like mm-hmm. there are some sounds that like just hit you and like your laugh was that. I was, I did go like, oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Like he really yeah. loved her, you know? That was nice. Yeah. Exactly. Like that part, that was that was great. I, I actually I hated myself for laughing, but when they get married and they're sitting together and she's like, um, okay, so we have to touch each other for in order to do this. And he's like, No, I know I read it in a book called Intercourse for Dumbos. <laughs> and then she goes, Yeah, but like, you know, it, she said she says something like, It'll just like take a minute or something like that. Or he goes, he, he starts giggling and goes, Well, it's not gonna take a minute. Like, and then he starts laughing about it. And I was like, see, it's, I was laughing. I was like, All right, you got me. <laughs> What did you guys think of the music in this movie? I love the music in this. Or I like I love some of the music in this movie. I I really liked Terenena. Like I forgot mm-hmm. that was a song that mm-hmm. existed. And also me and my brother, my, our dad would drive us to school in like middle school and high school in the mornings, and we would listen to Bollywood. And so yeah. like we used to love listening to Sajda like bright and early at like seven a.m. on the way to school. So I really like that one too. Oh, that's nice. I just listened. I watched it, and I was like, oh, these are all the songs that play at weddings. Yes. I never watched the movie and mm-hmm. I avoided the soundtrack. It was pleasant. It was nice. I did 
enjoy hearing that piece of shit of non Sami in the middle. <laughs> I hate him, Turn but man, trouble. he can sing. Yeah, he's true. got some. He's got some pipes on him. Yeah. Would you watch this movie again? I mean, Iman, please don't watch this movie. Again. <laughs> I think so. I was thinking about it. I, I did. I did take notes during yeah. watching this movie, and I think from like a, a scholarly perspective, I would watch this movie again, which sounds very pretentious. Just because there was. <laughs> there was just there was so much interesting weird stuff in here you know like and this is just maybe this is just a thing about like post 9-11 america too but like the way in which muslims are racialized in america i think is really interesting right because like it almost doesn't matter if people practice it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if people practice or not if you quote-unquote look muslim whatever that means you're going to get targeted for certain things and that's still true today for a lot of people you know and i think the fact that like they show shahrukh khan praying in this movie yeah. and they show him like practicing and being muslim it's like not that there should be any kind of like you know oh he's like really muslim like no anybody can be muslim like you know it doesn't matter it, it might it, to me at least maybe maybe it's a controversial statement but to me it doesn't matter like if you're practicing or not but like yeah. the fact that they show him practicing and get into like the religion of it and they show him like pooking like this little boy samir and everything oh that's the one scene i loved oh, that was sweet yeah when she's like she wakes up and she does her puja and she like gives him prasad and then he comes and he like pooks her pooks the sun and like the sun like kind of opens up his shirt to like have him finish pooking that was really sweet i did like that right especially because i wasn't sure if this kid and he didn't need to be like i wasn't sure if he was muslim but it was like so sweet that he was like yeah this is like what my stepdad does this is what my dad does and this is just how we live our lives you know and i think in a lot of Muslim representation, again, you don't need to see actual practicing, as we've seen from all these examples from, like, that Chicago firefighter show and, like, like people praying on boats and stuff. Like, like nobody actually gets into the specifics of what it means to, like, be a Muslim. It's more mm-hmm. of, like, a conversation around, like, the marginalization and like the being a minority of it all as opposed to like the spirituality of it or the the practicing of it and so that was kind of nice to see in this i will also say so i I went through Khan's movies i think he's made like um i think it was 87 movies and i think he plays an explicitly muslim character six times Every mm-hmm. time this ca- this character's last name is Khan, um, yeah. which was interesting to me, and and most of the time it was relevant to the plot. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was like Jakhte India or like I mean, this was also a cameo, but Edilhim Mushkil and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You brought up something that I think is really interesting, which is the talking about the fact that he's practicing, right? I also think that there is something pleasant, right? If we're going to try to find some parts of this onion that are usable, mm-hmm. I do think that it's pleasant that from a part of the world that is so staunchly anti like Hindu Muslim right like we're always like Bombay I remember growing up and we weren't like I wasn't allowed to watch that movie I was not allowed to watch Bombay not necessarily because of the context of the movie but specifically because it's a Muslim girl that is with a Hindu man right and growing up there would be a lot of Indian movies where there was a Muslim girl with the Hindu man and there's something about that that is really triggering to Pakistanis specifically Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. very very triggering and I've asked my mom about it and my mom said you know there was a lot of fear right there was a lot of fear when we were growing up when we heard stories of partition the fear was like they're gonna take our women right Mm -hmm. and I think that's like both sides had that fear Mm -hmm. but for muslims specifically for pakistanis a lot like that was a big thing that they heard growing up so seeing that in bollywood was really hard for them i do think that there was something really nice about the fact that it's a muslim man and it's a practicing muslim man right like this is a guy who's like i'm not gonna look at the situation i'm in or where i am 
if it's time to pray, I'm going to pray. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. a man who practices. It's a man who really believes what he believes. And here he is falling in love with a Hindu woman. And he's not telling her that you need to be Muslim. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you can do your thing and I'm going to do my thing and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something really pleasant there because that's not something that we've necessarily seen in Indian movies. I think so too, especially because I think a lot of the time conversation around, and this is something that, that I've seen as a criticism in a lot of interfaith spaces, is that when people talk about how we are all the same, yeah. um, it's really easy to erase people's identity then. And yes. to be like, yes. so these things that make you unique are not important. And I, I think it's one of those things that's also easier for somebody from the majority to say versus somebody from the minority. You know, if you're exactly. from the majority and you're like, you, you're, your identity has never been threatened, you don't have to fight for it. You don't have to have these, hold on to things that may seem archaic to other people, but that identify you and that you feel like make up who you are. Whereas if you're a minority, you're losing something if you're erasing those exactly. things. It's not 100% acceptance, right? It's more of just like, hey, I will look past your otherness rather yeah. than I will mm-hmm. embrace your otherness. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I would never watch this movie again. I would watch a sequel, which goes into how <laughs> Reese became a proud boy. My oh my god. god. <laughs> the first time I saw Reese, I was like, is this the boy who kills him? Is this like is is he the little boy okay. who murders this other little boy? Was Reese played by Jesse Plemons? That's what I thought to you was <laughs> <laughs> also, there was so much foreshadowing in this movie. The first time you see Samir, Gajo's like, like it's dangerous. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and she also says, Oh, he loves balloons at one point. And I was like, Oh, no. Like, she's going to lift, she's going to throw those balloons up into the sky at one point. <laughs> I also really vividly, like, the couple of things that I remembered from this movie were. Um, for the black church, the hurricane, and specifically the moment that this child like is hit by a soccer ball, because that's when I learned what a spleen was, and that it should be something that I should be worried about rupturing. <laughs> you know, again, not from your physician parents. No, yeah, from this movie, because I was like, oh, should I like? Do I need to start worrying about this? Like in the real world, is this the problem I'm gonna face? You know what? I also know specifically about the spleen from Bollywood movies, and not this one, obviously, but I know that it's one of those insane things that I know were like growing up when I was like, oh shit, if I get hurt, like it's like. You would like laugh too hard and you get side stickers, you'd be like, Oh fuck, that's my spleen. <laughs> you know? It was like only something basic kids knew, like white kids didn't know that. So it must be something we learned from Bollywood movies. Like <laughs> not to make light of the of the child's death, but um you know, after after he after he passes away and then they go to like the soccer field and then mm-hmm. they have the moment where she breaks up with him, mm-hmm. they they like they have like that area sectioned off. For like mm-hmm. the crime scene. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's just a soccer. It's not like you're gonna find any evidence there. Yeah. Then I thought. <laughs> then, I, then I thought CSI soccer field is the show that I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, can we give props to the gentleman who played the investigator because he was the best actor. Excellent job. I don't know what that man's name was. He had that little like like mug tip to her at the end. Yeah, at the end. I loved it. <laughs> And it's like, why are you tipping the coffee? You didn't do shit. <laughs> they were li- that, this little boy was living right next to her the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, it wasn't just Reese. It was like five other kids. So like well, five- the, the five of the kids were the ones that actually killed him. And you know what? I will say one of them was black. So there you go. Representation. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. I know. And then while they were ki- while they were beating him up, they said, you fucking, pa-, or like bloody packy. And I was like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> First of all, he's Indian. Like, I don't, yeah. it would never say that. But yeah, the, the death was surprising to me because, you know, I knew that he was going to die. Mm-hmm. And I had heard that it was death by soccer ball, right? So initially he, he gets hit by in the head by the soccer ball. And I was like, like this is ridiculous, right? But then I was like, good for you, Samir. You are putting on a fight. He says, screw you assholes. And I was like, yeah, get him. And then I was like, oh, maybe no, right? But then you could have killed that boy off mm-hmm. with just getting beat up. Yeah. yeah. But didn't have to be this dramatic, like, soccer ball to the chest oh, that was the Bollywood of it all I feel like yeah. that was Ted and Joher being like I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do something <laughs> get Ted Lasso on the case <laughs> I also liked how before, like, I mean, it was so sad, but how he has this moment, a little like Samir, where he, you know, he gets into a fight with his friend Reese and he's, you know, he gets all these like Osama bin Laden, like that was also like very like, that was rough to see um, in his locker. And he comes home and he does like snap at uh, Shah Rukh Khan, but then he like comes back and apologizes and I was like that's a good kid yeah he's not the problem he knows that it's just people and racism and Islamophobia it was nice to see yeah before he died before he died by soccer ball (laughs) Jesse Plemons you bastard I can't believe (laughs) (laughs) okay guys let's rate this movie um Iman please tell us negative five to five what would you rate this movie I would give it a negative three maybe yeah because like again like there's so much that just feels deeply offensive yeah Mm -hmm. you know and also like i mean you guys like you you know again no offense but you are older than me and like you experience more of like (laughs) like of like you know of of immediate like post 9 11 world Mm -hmm. you know and i was like here in minnesota and of course like i would always like there would be things right that you would like see or hear happening like i had this there was this one girl in our community whose teacher i think and this is just me having heard from aunties so i don't even know the whole story but like she was in middle school and um her teacher came in and was like with a, like an orange box and was like these books need to be burnt first of all very problematic but then yeah. he threw the quran in there and yeah. then like she you know she called her mom and there was crying and um, i think they called the news newspaper maybe too but um this is all to say like you would hear about things happening yeah and like no no people that they were happening to and obviously we still know that like you know there are hate crimes happening etc cetera, etc cetera. i think it's also like kind of rough to watch that stuff yes. so there's there's the element of like that stuff was hard to watch then there were these like really offensive things happening also i don't think i'm giving it a negative five because i do think that there were these like little moments that were mm-hmm. you know quite sweet and that had like some potential like again like garan johar Shah Rukh khan like tried to do something especially because like like Shah Rukh Khan, you know, he is a Muslim man who has a Hindu wife and he was held by TSA that one time, right? And I feel yes. like part of me was like, did he make this whole movie based off of that experience? Yes, yes he, yeah, did. he did. Yes, he, he did. did. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then he met Obama because he met a man in Niftar. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Obama went on to say, bade bade desho si choti choti I hate to spoil it for you guys, but I believe that TSA thing may have been kind of like a promo for the movie <gasps> that may have been a setup what name because because the movie was definitely shot before that happened oh and then God. it became a news story 
and then it elevated the movie, <gasps> like the movie opening and stuff. Yeah. I got played by Karan Johar. Yeah, I you got played by Shah Khan. Oh my gosh! Shah Khan. Shah Khan Chachu. Bare bare airport me. Wow, real. What do you rate it? I was going to, you know what? I will. I'm going to break the scale. I'm going to negative nine. (laughs) This is my least. I don't actually, I don't know. Um, I do kind of, like you said, there's a lot of things in here that I wish were done better. But again, that thing that you're talking about, right? Uh, And and I don't want to be dismissive of anybody else's experience post 9-11 here. You obviously hear stories about, you know, Islamophobia and experiencing it and maybe shop owners experiencing it in different ways and stuff like that. That wasn't my experience. Mm. So when I see it as being the only thing that's represented on the screen, it pisses me off. Mm. So that Mm. really, really pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ridiculousness of it all, um, I think that it's, it's an experience to watch, you know, once the Mama Jenny scene happens and then it just keeps building on itself and you're just like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you cry when they show up at the church. So negative nine out of negative five to five. Watch it. Watch it. Take an edible and watch the shit out of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. I give this movie a negative Four. I will say, as somebody who did experience Islamophobia in high school, especially after nine eleven, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Real was an Islamophobe specifically to me. He would beat me up at home, and I'd say, "Hey, this is a hate crime." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my mom would say, "Chup karo sama jau chai bano." No, but like, yeah, I experienced a lot of that stuff, right? So that's why I, it was actually super triggering for me to watch like some of that post 9-11 stuff that they were sh- showing. It did happen, but it just felt offensive that something that was so real that really did happen to people here, it's shown in a way that felt unproductive. It, it was shown in a way that wasn't nuanced. It was shown in a way that felt kind of like, I don't know, exploitive. Like it felt like you're you're taking a very real experience and you're making Mm -hmm. trying to make a story out of it that isn't plausible and isn't realistic and it's not relatable at all right Mm -hmm. you're not talking about the common man you're talking about a very specific man going through experiences that absolutely would never fucking happen right Mm -hmm. and and that's the part of it that takes me out you start with the story of a person on the spectrum who has to overcome a lot great i'm there i'm fine with it even if i don't love Han acting this way right you then go into this experience of a muslim family that is experiencing discrimination okay yeah i'm fine with it it is fine those are real things that happen those are both real experiences that exist but the the ending of it and what you do with that it's like you might as well have put him on a rocket ship to mars like <laughs> it just felt so ridiculous and it's funny because later like a couple of years ago Shah Khan played a a small person mm-hmm. a little person and then they literally did put him on a rocket ship to mars like one of the first movies like that like these batshit movies that he's been making like fan or like like zero like i think this might have been the first one of that type of film for him yeah it, i got you know what's weird is people who like this movie love this movie Mm. Yeah, I don't get it. 
You know, that thing about of it being based on, you know, real Islam or real instances of Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that really bothered me was the scene with the teacher, right? Mm. Which is because it's like, that's not how Islamophobia works. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you wouldn't, a, 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 like a sixth grade teacher wouldn't be saying that. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's that's also not a true representation of Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all you see. And also not in like, Bay Area. No. Yeah, exactly. Not in Bay Area. Yeah, like, that would never happen. It, it does, I'm sure. Like, but, but again, Yvonne, to your earlier point, if he had moved to maybe like Ohio mm. or like, you know, maybe not Ohio, but like, you know, he was in Kansas or something. And like that, that is more believable because it's a place where people maybe didn't ever see Muslims, but it would never mm. happen in a place like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It would never yeah, happen in that area because it's already so diverse. Not to say that hate crimes don't happen in cities. Obviously they do, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be at a school. What would have been more realistic it was if the teacher just talked about Islam and everybody turned around and looked at him because yeah. that is yeah, a real exactly. experience right like that we definitely did happen or they talked about terrorism without the context of islam and everybody looked at him yeah. that is a real experience that we've all had but it was just this like you know bollywood does everything over the top everything is on crack mm-hmm. and like they even did islamophobia on crack <laughs> and then it felt like then you you're not closing up the story in a way that feels nuanced and careful and thoughtful yeah. it ends yeah. absolutely batshit cuckoo banana and it feels and, so yeah. self-congratulatory too. Because, oh like, yes, no, because it's like Shah Rukh Khan, Rizwan Khan, Karan Johar saved. They they ended Islamophobia. You know, like Rizwan <laughs> <laughs> Khan and Obama shook hands, and, and Islamophobia was gone, ripped yeah. from the ever. Especially because I was reading like some of the like notes, like the, from what Karan Johar said before, like like during press for this movie and he was very much like now that like india like like india is so secular and like hindus and muslims are coming together and like you know we think that this is a movie that like reflects that and like needs to happen and so i do wonder like what would this movie have been like i mean it's impossible for it to have taken place in india you know at the time and never would a movie like this be made today right oh no yeah at the time, it was so self-congratulatory of like thank god we're so secular like here i mean there wasn't like a whole lot of that but it felt very much like this isn't look at what look at what happens to like these poor muslims in america you know but like look at modi <laughs> yeah like <laughs> and then you get modi and then you have this like stuff that happened with poor aryan Khan, mm-hmm. you know yeah. Mm. just two quick things on because you brought up Bay Area there's there's two parts of the Bay Area that really uh that I think I couldn't connect with one was obviously the lack of understanding of different races in a place like the Bay Area and the second one was I I just kept thinking how how did they afford all this housing it's notoriously expensive (laughs) he was a salesman and she was a hairdresser yeah Yeah. right downtown and they lived in this really nice suburban home yeah Yeah, that's a three million dollar house like there's no way <laughs> yeah. Excellent question. Well, I think it's it. I think we've covered as much as one could possibly cover about this insane movie. Um, <laughs> but thank you, Iman, for being here. This is lovely. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be talking with you guys both after so many years and yeah. like generally and yeah. also about this movie specifically. Maybe next time we, we could just like also, you know, see each other in real life and not have to endure this movie in order to do that. <laughs> we have to watch this movie every time to prepare when we see each other. From now on. <laughs> <laughs> <Forever now. laughs> 
yeah. No, this was a pleasure. Go read a book, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. All right, guys. Well, you can catch us at Raju Podcast everywhere on Twitter and Instagram, and we will catch you later. I don't know what song I'm going to put at the end of this, but it's probably going to be one of the songs you hear at a wedding. Can it just be each of us doing the Azand? (laughs) (laughs) Or just a long Yahuda. Oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. Just one more thing. I'm sorry to do this late, but uh, his hobby. Hot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Can we get that? Can we make sure to get that in? <laughs> yeah, I'll clip this part into it. Don't worry. Chill.